0: Hello my fellow divers and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host Lexi. Thank you so much for listening. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We missed you and thank you for coming to take another deep dive into crime with us. As always, please be sure to check out our episode description. There you will find the links to our TikTok and Instagram as well as our support link to help us out over here at Crime Dive. You can also find our episode timestamps. Please be sure to follow download and recommend this podcast to a friend we are now uploading twice a week and we will soon be doing video podcasts I actually just got my camera y'all so as soon as I figure out how to work this thing just wait so today we are going to be talking about the case of Pritchard Cologne. I know this isn't the type of case that I normally do. And some people may think, that, oh, I don't know if this is true crime. In my opinion, it is. If you've heard of this case before, I'm sure you will feel the same way. And if you haven't, by the end of the case, I'm sure you'll feel the same way as well. So when I first heard about this case, it upset me to the core i was so heartbroken to think that something like this could even happen to somebody who was just doing what they loved and so many people just stood by and let it happen it's frustrating to see how someone's life can change completely against their will through no fault of their own just because of the careless actions of other people but with that let's get right into the case Pritchard Colon Melendez, was born on September 19th, 1992 in Maitland, Florida. His parents' names were Richard and Nieves, and he had two siblings named Natalie and Ricardo. Pritchard was actually the middle child. Now, Pritchard's father actually used to box, and this really interested him because he wanted to follow in his father's footsteps. So at a young age, Pritchard began getting boxing lessons from his father out of their garage, and he became really passionate about it. I also think it was a great way for the two of them to bond, for him Just share something that his father loved doing, and you know, he wanted to do it too. But Pritchard knew from an early age that he did not want to box long term. He wanted to win a few championships, become a big name in the boxing industry, and then he wanted to retire and become a promoter for other boxers, which honestly is very smart just being able to promote other people's careers while you've already, you know, done your own thing. So that's a pretty good business decision. For now, Pritchard was focused on boxing and he wanted to be the best of the best. So, before he started high school, he, his father, and his sister, Natalie, relocated to Oracovis, Puerto Rico, which is a mountainous town located in the central mountain range of Puerto Rico. And it was known as the heart of the island because it was in the middle. Pritchard really did this in order to further his boxing skills. Puerto Rico was known for boxing, they loved boxing, and he wanted to represent them in boxing tournaments. Not to mention, Pritchard's family was Puerto Rican-American, so this seemed like a pretty good choice. By this point, Pritchard's parents were actually divorced, which is why he only went to Puerto Rico with his father, but they were both still committed to helping their son with their boxing career and working together in order to do that. So when Pritchard moved to Puerto Rico, he attended a high school about an hour away from where he lived in Oracovis, And this high school was a sports focused school that made it easy for him to balance his schoolwork and boxing. And when he wasn't at school, he was training with his dad on the weekends. Now that is true dedication right there to attend a school every day that's an hour away from where you live there and back just to make it easier to hone in on your craft and focus on boxing. That is dedication right there. And I don't know if I could do that. But I guess if you're passionate about something, you'll do what it takes to reach where you wanna be. This dedication paid off because Pritchard became a five-time amateur champion. And in February of 2013, at 20 years old, he decided to go pro and signed with boxing advisor, Al Heyman, to take him to the next level. Pritchard continued boxing in Puerto Rico and he won four more fights. By the time he had turned 23, he decided to move his team back to the United States and settle in Boca Raton, Florida. By this point, he was doing pretty well in his career. From the time he went pro at 20 years old to moving back to the U.S., at 23, he was just continuing to get better and better. And he decided to move back to the US to where he felt like he could succeed there. Pritchard was doing so, so well. He was undefeated and his record was 16 and 0. 13 of his wins were knockouts. So Pritchard was giving them the poom poom. Like he was not playing, okay? He was not playing. His nickname in the ring was Dig It. And this name was actually put on his boxing shorts. That was what he liked to go by. He was so good and just continued to get better and better over time. And he was a hot commodity, but there were rumblings in the boxing community, according to some people, about Pritchard. Him being undefeated really put a target on his back. And it was said that some people were very jealous of his success. They really wanted to beat him and take him down. I mean, taking down the best of the best to some people is a good way to prove themselves. And I can understand that, but it's all about how you do it. You know, you can't be malicious and crazy about it. Win fair and square. This just made Pritchard more motivated to continue improving and becoming an amazing boxer. When you're at the top, people do whatever they can to bring you down, even if it can cost you your life. On October 17th, 2015, Pritchard was set to fight Terrell Williams at the Eagle Bank Arena in Fairfax, Virginia. Terrell was also undefeated, so people were really excited about this fight. Somebody's perfect record was going to end that night, so there was a lot riding on this fight. The fight lasted nine out of the 10 rounds, and I'm gonna explain why the 10th round didn't happen a little bit later. Towards the end of the first round, Terrell hit Pritchard with an illegal blow to the back of the head. Now this particular type of punch is called a rabbit punch and this punch targets the back of the head or the base of the skull. And the reason why this punch is illegal in boxing is because it can damage the cervical vertebrae and the spinal cord. After Terrell delivered this blow, Pritchard was immediately shocked and he motioned toward the back of his head. He knew that Terrell was not supposed to hit him in that specific place. But throughout the second round, Terrell continued to punch Pritchard in the same spot in the back of the head illegally. In the third round, Terrell gave Pritchard another really hard rabbit punch. And this punch caused him to involuntarily fall to the ground. The referee, Joseph Cooper, ruled this fall to be a slip. And a slip in boxing is a move done by someone voluntarily to avoid a punch. So the ref was pretty much saying that Pritchard fell while trying to avoid the rabbit punch, not as a result of the rabbit punch. But I'm going to post this video on my TikTok, You can tell that Pritchard fell almost like he had no control over his legs. It was like as soon as he got hit, he just fell. It didn't seem like he meant to fall. It was like the punch was just so destabilizing that that's just what ended up happening. So the fact that the referee ruled this a slip was crazy. It was very clear that he fell because of the punch. Now, normally the referee would give whoever landed this illegal blow a hard warning. And a hard warning is the first warning a boxer gets before they start to get points deducted. And this would have possibly discouraged Terrell from punching Pritchard again with that same dangerous hit. But this isn't what happened. The referee ruled the move a slip and they just continued on and Terrell lost no points. And of course, if somebody's not facing consequences for what they're doing, they're just gonna keep doing it. And that's exactly what happened. By round five, Pritchard was still getting hit with those same rabbit punches in the back of the head by Terrell. He was so mad about these hits because they were really painful and he knew that the ref wasn't gonna do anything about it clearly. So he decided to give Terrell a low blow and a low blow is an attack below the waist or to the groin. In other words, he hit him where most men don't wanna be hit. Terrell just let out a huge scream and fell to the ground and was rolling around holding his groin in a lot of pain. And the ref immediately gives Pritchard a penalty, which is like, are you kidding me? You're gonna penalize Pritchard after one illegal hit when Terrell has been hitting Pritchard with these illegal hits for five rounds up to this point and he never got penalized. So it's crazy the level of unfairness. And this is what I was talking about earlier. There was just different treatment towards Pritchard and a lot of people felt like it was because people in the boxing industry wanted to see him fail because they were jealous of his success. By round six, both Pritchard and Terrell had been given warnings, you know, Hey, keep the fight clean. Pritchard had given him a low blow. Terrell had given him more and more illegal hits. So there was really no warning warning gave. It was more so just like, hey, chill out. But no one lost any points up to this point except for Pritchard. Shocker. But Terrell didn't listen to these warnings. He just continued to give Pritchard these rabbit punches to the back of the head and he was never penalized. It's round six, round six, and he has yet to be penalized. By round seven, it was clear that the punches were taking their toll on Pritchard. He had actually been winning the fight as far as the judges scorecards, but he was definitely slowing down a lot more. And when he went to his corner in between rounds, his father noticed that he was moving much slower. He just assumed that he was tired. He later came out and said that if he had known his son was suffering, he would not have let him continue. During the seventh round, Terrell gave Pritchard once again, a really hard rabbit punch. And this punch sent him straight to the ground one more time, but it took him much longer to get back up the second time. He began rolling around, grabbing the back of his head. He could tell that something wasn't right with this punch. I mean, the pain was just severe, I can only imagine. Pritchard's father also said that he was not the type to complain. He had a very high pain tolerance. He was very good at managing his pain. So he knew that when his son didn't get back up for another five minutes, he must have been in a lot of pain. Now, while Pritchard was on the ground writhing in pain, the crowd began to boo him and they thought that he was faking. Even the commentators were making fun of him, saying over the mic that Pritchard deserved an Academy Award for his performance. And they even began to laugh at him. Looking back, I'm sure people regret how unforgiving they were about Pritchard's injury, but to do that and not really know, like, I don't know why they just assumed he was faking. This is once again, to me, a sentiment to the jealousy that I feel like the industry felt towards him. I mean, he was young, he was attractive, successful, undefeated. And it's just so weird that there was like a collective disdain for him being injured. Everybody just automatically assumed he was faking instead of actually being injured. Usually in sports, if you, you know, been to a sports game or watched sports, on TV, when someone goes down and they're down for a long time, I feel like there's an immediate concern for that person's well-being. I don't think people assume they're faking most of the time. People are concerned. So I thought it was odd that when Pritchard went down and stayed down for a while, which wasn't something that he normally did, people just automatically assumed that he was faking. I don't understand that, but just goes to show how much people want to see you fail when you're just being great at what you do. After trying to get back up, Pritchard began stumbling and he appeared to be very dizzy and I want to make a note that before this fight Pritchard's parents said that he never appeared dizzy or off balance in any way so he was exhibiting these symptoms as of tonight according to them which to me sounds like it was a direct result of the punches that he was receiving from Terrell. Pritchard just didn't feel right, so he decided to go over to the ringside doctor, Dr. Richard Ashby, while still holding the back of his head. He's been holding the back of his head this entire time. This guy was in pain, and he told Dr. Richard Ashby that he was dizzy and that the back of his head hurt. But after examining him, he said that Pritchard was still good to fight, which is crazy, considering the fact that he could barely stand and was again still holding the back of his head. I don't know what ringside physicians look for in continuing a fight, but it seemed like he just kind of looked at him and was like, yeah, you're good, go ahead. He didn't really do anything about it. It was clear that the fight should have been stopped or Terrell should have been disqualified or penalized just to discourage him from continuing to do this, but neither happened. So the fight continued and Terrell only lost one point for that last hit that had Pritchard on the ground for a long time, one point. And this was after he'd been doing this the whole fight. We're up to round seven and he only lost one point the entire time. During the eighth and ninth rounds, Pritchard was knocked to the ground several more times And yet Terrell was never penalized or given another warning. At the beginning of the 10th and final round, Pritchard's team in his corner started to take off his gloves because they thought that the fight was over. They thought that the end of the ninth round was really the end of the 10th round, meaning the end of the match, but it was actually the end of the ninth round and the beginning of the 10th round. So I guess they got kind of confused. They didn't really realize they tried to tie his gloves back up quickly before the referee noticed because it's against the rules for boxers to take their gloves off before the fight is over. And I think this is due to the fact that they don't want boxers to tamper with their gloves in between rounds. Sometimes boxers will take padding out of their gloves or they'll put plaster inside of them, you know, all kinds of things just so they can hurt their opponent as much as possible and win the fight. Pritchard's team immediately realized that no, the fight's not over. There's still one more round left. So they quickly tried to tie his gloves back up before the referees noticed. But It was too late and Pritchard Cologne was disqualified and the fight was over. And just like that, his undefeated record was gone. Now the fight should have been stopped a long time ago in my opinion, or at least, you know, I think Terrell should have been disqualified first but I think this was probably for the best even though it had been going on for nine rounds at this point who knows what could have happened if one more round had gone on with this same illegal punching shit it was clear by the end of the fight that something was not right with Pritchard he and Terrell actually shook hands at the end of the match and they kind of spoke for a moment but if I was Pritchard I wouldn't have said two words to him I feel like he knew what he was doing but this just goes to show how good of a sport Pritchard was despite how dirty that fight was After the fight, Pritchard's mom Nieves was waiting for him outside of the ring, and she could tell that her son was hurt. She asked him if he was okay, and Pritchard said, "'Mommy, I'm dizzy.'" I can't see. Nieves helped Pritchard walk back to his dressing room, and by the time they got to the hallway, he couldn't even walk. With the help of his trainer, Nieves tried to put Pritchard in a chair to stabilize him, but he immediately fell onto the floor and lost consciousness. Vomit started to come out of his mouth and nose, and everybody in the room was so alarmed. 911 was called immediately, and EMTs arrived to the arena. Pritchard was rushed to a Nova Fairfax hospital and went into emergency surgery, and they found that he had suffered a brain bleed. He needed surgery to reduce the swelling in his brain and drain the blood. After surgery, Pritchard unfortunately fell into a coma, and he was in a coma for 221 days. To be in a coma for that long is devastating. You have no idea what's going to happen. To your brain if you're going to recover it's just such a period of uncertainty i can't imagine how hard that was for his family to not know whether or not he was going to wake up and if he did just how different he was going to be and when pritchard woke up seven months later he was in a vegetative state he couldn't walk talk or move his life as he knew it was over he wouldn't be able to box again Pritchard spent another 27 days in the hospital after waking up before transferring to the Shepherd Rehabilitation Center in Atlanta, where he spent six months doing physical therapy, trying to regain some of his strength. After this, Pritchard's family decided to take him home to live with his mother, where she quit her job as a hairdresser to become his full-time caregiver. While Pritchard was living at home, he also continued to get physical therapy. The fact that this fight left him with such devastating injuries just goes to show how wrong this was, somebody was responsible, somebody did this, it's so shocking to me to know that this was even able to happen or allowed to happen. The fact that he was hurt so much in this match that it literally left him in a coma and then a vegetative state just goes to show something very, very wrong happened during this fight. In 2017, Pritchard Colognes family filed a $50 million lawsuit against the ringside doctor, Richard Ashby, who allowed Pritchard to continue fighting when it was clear that he wasn't okay. The lawsuit was also filed against other boxing promoters and they were sued for negligence. The lawsuit alleged that the doctor allowed Pritchard to continue fighting because he was a promoter and would win money if the fight continued. So they basically argued that this ringside doctor was out for financial gain at Pritchard's expense, but he's supposed to be an impartial party. You're the doctor. You're supposed to make sure that everybody's safe. They argued that he didn't care about Pritchard's safety. He had promotional interest in the fight and he just wanted to win money. And the only way he could win is if the fight kept going. This is all alleged in the lawsuit. None of this has been proven yet. No one has been charged with anything. This is all alleged. It doesn't seem like anything can really be done about what happened to Pritchard. And that's because the physician and the referee, who I feel were the most responsible, as well as Terrell, they were both hired by the company that ran the match as private vendors, meaning they can't be held legally liable for any injuries sustained in the fight, Which to me, should not be the case at all. I feel like if you are working for this company, whether they're a private vendor or not, if you were in or around that ring making those calls, you have every right to be held legally responsible for whatever happens to whoever's in the ring. The judgment of the doctor and the refs can determine someone's well-being and someone's life, clearly. With a sport like boxing, they have a responsibility to keep them safe because it is such a dangerous sport where you're literally hurting people. Their decisions directly affect the safety of the boxers. If something happens to them or a bad call is made, who else is supposed to be held responsible? I don't understand. The family was hoping that the lawsuit would give them some financial relief as well as hold someone accountable for what happened to Pritchard. I mean, his medical expenses, as well as the cost of the resources to take care of him were very high and the family didn't have a lot of income. Nieves quit her job so she could take care of Pritchard full time. She just didn't trust anyone else to take care of him because no one knew him like she did. And honestly, I don't blame her at all. At the end of the day, her son is her number one priority. Pritchard's father gets a disability check, but it's still not enough to fully support him. Pritchard was the income for the family when he was boxing, and he was doing that to help support himself, his family, and make it so that they wouldn't have to work so hard. And now they're left with all of these extremely high bills and the responsibility of taking care of Pritchard, and they didn't even do anything wrong. This was someone else's fault, and yet they have to bear the brunt of the responsibility. It just really bothers me that no one has been held accountable for this that I feel like the referee and the doctor were extremely, extremely negligent. So some of you may be wondering what happened to Terrell Williams. Well, he gave an interview in 2017 addressing the fight and he said, I pray for Pritchard every day. That's never going to change. I wish him nothing but peace and health. Now, it's really hard to hear these words from Terrell and accept them because watching the fight, it seems like he knew he was giving illegal punches. I mean, I'm going to assume that boxers know the rules and what punches are okay and which ones aren't. It seemed like Pritchard knew because he kept telling the referee like, hey, he's hitting me in the back of the head. How are you not seeing this? I feel like Terrell knew that he was doing something that he wasn't supposed to be doing. But the fact that he continued to do it and he did it deliberately in front of the referee, it definitely, and this is what some people have argued, this is all alleged, but some people argue that Terrell, the referee, and the doctor were all in cahoots to take Pritchard down or make him lose the fight so they could end his record. Again, this is all alleged and has not been proven, but there were definitely some rumblings that people really wanted to take Pritchard down by any means necessary. Now, I don't think Terrell knew that Pritchard's injuries would be so devastating. I think he thought he would just lose the fight. I don't think he thought that his life would change forever and that he would suffer such severe brain damage. But like I said, there's a reason why these punches are illegal because things like this can happen. Terrell stopped boxing in 2019 and he pretty much fell off the grid after this. He still receives hate daily on his Facebook account because the public is very, very angry about what he did to Pritchard. I understand that when you're boxing, that person is your opponent, and yes, you want to hurt them, but you shouldn't want to hurt them so much so that you give them such severe brain damage that he can't take care of himself anymore. And I do think that other boxers in the ring have a responsibility to protect the other person that they're boxing against so that they don't give them such devastating injuries. I feel like that comes with being a boxer. I feel like you have a responsibility to keep your opponent safe as well, just like they have a responsibility to keep you safe and not hurt you to the point where you'll never recover. Doctors told Pritchard's family that he wouldn't improve much because his injury was so severe, but he has made a lot of strides in his recovery. Because of his physical therapy, Pritchard is able to communicate with his eyes, stand with help from someone, and move his hands. But unfortunately, doctors have said that Pritchard may never regain the strength and mental ability he once had. According to his father, doctors said that Pritchard's CT scan shows a black spot in his brain that's just too big for him to fully recover. Which is so heartbreaking to hear that your son, your brother, a friend, or even your favorite boxer they'll never be able to do what they love again. Despite this, he has made great strides in his recovery and he really is able to do things that he was not able to do when he first woke up, which is a good sign. Any progress is better than no progress at all, but he's not going to be who he was before his injuries. No one deserves to have to go through something like this, especially when they're just doing something that they love and trying to support themselves and their family. I mean, he literally was not doing anything wrong and his life changed forever. His life, his family's life, the people who knew him, their lives changed forever. Pritchard's mother has an Instagram and a TikTok dedicated to him and updates on his recovery. And he actually just turned 30 last September. And I know his family is grateful that they're able to still celebrate birthdays with him because his injuries could have been much worse to the point where they could have taken his life. So it's a blessing in itself that at least he's still here and they're still able to celebrate life with him, even though it doesn't look how it used to. Even though Pritchard may be different on the outside, I'm sure he still has the same heart to the core and he's still a beautiful, loving person. I hate that nobody can be held responsible for what happened to him because he didn't do this to himself. It wasn't his fault. And there were a lot of people at fault, in my opinion, who probably are never going to have to face the accountability for what they've done. Pritchard was failed by the ref, the doctor and the company responsible for the fight in my opinion and yet it doesn't look like any of them are going to face any consequences given the legal stipulations behind it. As of now the lawsuit has not been settled it's kind of just sitting there hasn't been dismissed but it doesn't seem like things are really moving forward. I will leave the link to the Instagram dedicated to updates on Pritchard and his condition in the episode description and I will also leave his Instagram handle as well if you want to get to it that way. But with that we're going to go ahead and wrap up today's episode. I know this one was a little bit shorter, but I really, really wanted to talk about this case. We'll be back next week with two more episodes. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope to see you in the water soon.